0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Ronin Rabbit. This is episode 141 of the show. This is an Usagi Yojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and beware, there will be spoilers. Now, if you want to get in touch, you can do so on Twitter, Teal Productions, T-E-A-L. I post the episodes on the Usagi Yojimbo Fan and Usagi Yojimbo Dojo Facebook pages. BigTimeNoise.com slash Rabbit is the website, and UsagiPodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Now I'm looking at Usagi Yojimbo, Volume 3, number 46 from Dark Horse Comics, cover dated March 2001. The story is entitled Showdown. The cover of the book is a gatefold cover that uh, shows a some sort of kite festival in progress. And between this, issue 46, and issue 47, which is a gatefold cover of similar design, I believe that all of the characters that have ever played any significance in Usagi's story are illustrated between those two covers. So it's pretty cool. Now, the kite festival on the cover has absolutely nothing to do with the story inside. I uh, kind of spoke on this with another book uh, last episode. And just to boil those thoughts down, um, eh, I don't dig that. I'm not a fan. I like the, the cover. The picture's cool. I'd love to have that as a print. Uh, but the fact that it has nothing to do with the cover is kind of, I don't know, kind of a bait and switch kind of thing. But So inside we have uh, Sanchobo and Gen and Usagi. Saying their farewells after the Grass 2 saga. So they must be in the vicinity, I guess, of the Atsuka Shrine. They're going their, their separate ways. Senshoba one way. Usagi and Gin another way. Uh, they stop. or Well, eventually they stop. But they're, they're going through town here discussing what they're going to do and where they're going to do it. And ultimately they decide that the two of them will chill together for a while actually Gen kind of decides he's going to hang with Usagi is what happens so they continue walking a little ways here and they get to a checkpoint and we see that Usagi has a Gaishu clan uh, travel pass even though he's wearing the Mufuni Mon and for a moment it looks like between this and the fact that Usagi matches the description of someone that killed Chamberlain Toyofuku. Uh, that they're going to get stopped by the guard here. But ultimately not. They let Usagi and Gen pass. Because the pass is in order. But also because the uh, guard here says that there's been half a dozen guys matching the description of the killer. That they're looking for pass through allowed to pass through already so we have several panels of journeying here one panel looks like Usagi has uh, found some brambles in his sandals here and he's massaging his foot from having been struck by one and again finds that very amusing it seems ultimately they get to the village that they're heading for, and let me see here, I thought there for a moment that Usagi had mentioned the village. Yes, here it is. Usagi is heading to the Kitanoji temple, and he has an appointment to be there when the grass starts to wither. So that's kind of early autumn, according to Gen. So they're heading there. Um, On the way, they come to a village where they're going to stop for the night. Gen is looking for an inn, and Usagi sees something off to the side here that grabs his attention. He tells Gen to go on ahead, but he'll he'll be there in a moment. And Usagi heads over to this alley, and he sees uh, a person being waylaid upon by four individuals. And if for no other reason than the discrepancy in the in the odds here, he decides to stop it. Usagi does, so he takes the side of the one individual having no idea what the situation is, you know, that could be the wrong side. But he sticks up for the little guy, beats off uh, with his sheathed sword the four men here. um, And as he's trying to assist the lone gentleman that's been driven to the ground by the beating, one of the four that he just put down comes back up, draws the sword, and attacks him. And Usagi tells him, I gave you a chance. And he fights back with an unsheathed sword this time. uh, Removing the hand of the man. The hand holding the sword. Yeah, he cuts it clean off at the wrist. And he tells the other four men to go. And here in the background on the side, we see a Tokagi that has grabbed up that hand. And rather than the eep that they usually say as they scuttle off, this one says... Gleek, which I guess is the sound of a Tokagi running away with a hand in its mouth. uh, That it's going to eat later, I suppose. So, kind of like a rat? I don't know. So, Usagi talks to this guy, and uh, dude says his name is Seno. And he works for boss Maeda, which is, we will find out, one of two main um, underworld bosses that are running around here in this little village. Saino tells him, um, if you're looking for a job, you know, I, I know somebody that can then hook you up. I, I know a guy, basically, he says. And Usagi's like, well, I, I appreciate that, but I've got some other things to do. Um, I'll keep it in mind. So Sano goes his way. Usagi heads on down the main street here, hoping to find whatever inn that uh, Gan went to. And apparently he does, so I don't know if it's uh, only if it's the only inn here in town or or what but as he's going back um let me back up here a little bit uh during the course of the story so far uh mr Sakai has given us the word abayo which we see as a, a farewell or a goodbye we've had a reference to mon, which is the crest that the samurai will wear that way you know automatically whether they're one of your guys or one of the other guys, uh, basically. It's, it's an identifier. The word ronin, which is masterless samurai. That's, you know, kind of a mercenary, but not in a mean way. It's a it's a samurai that was pledged under someone, but for whatever reason, that someone they, they are no longer working under that someone, whether the lord has been killed or kicked him out or whatever. Ryo, which is their exchange money. Uh, it's, it's gold that is uh, measured in rice. And now we see the word sensei as Usagi is done with this, um, helping this stranger. He starts to wonder, hmm, as I said, uh, I wonder, Usagi now is wondering if he picked the correct side um, and indicates that his sensei always told him that he was too impulsive, that Usagi was too impulsive. So now back to the story. We um, are in the inn here that uh, Gen has found that Usagi has caught up with him. He sits down to eat some rice, and I don't think that they're egg rolls. No, it looks like probably they're more gyosa than um, egg rolls here that he's eating along with rice uh, that Gen has bought for them. But there's a, a little dude here, and he is... I guess he's another rabbit, but maybe he's a little furrier, short-eared rabbit from Usagi. Um, maybe he's not a rabbit. Maybe he's a mouse. Or I'm not exactly sure what he is, but he's the innkeeper. And he uh, fills Usagi and Gen in on the story that this village has two rival gangs fighting for underworld power. Boss Meda is the leader of one gang, and Boss Joya is the leader of the other. And so these two guys, um, Usagi and Gen, are eating and they start to discuss who's going to pay for dinner. And we see all of a sudden that Gen doesn't have any money, even though at the end of the Grass Cutter 2 saga, you know, they all got big rewards. And so what follows is two, four, six, eight panels of Usagi ribbing Genosuke because Genosuke gave his reward to The priest sends Shobo to give to Aikida's family to help make up for the fact that Aikida died at the end of Grasscutter 2. So he was a rather magnanimous gesture that Genosuke, of course, doesn't want people to know. Uh, He's the mean, mean, tough guy, and Usagi is giving him grief because really down deep he's not, but he just pretends to be or just wants to look that way. So... That's what those eight panels are going back and forth. But then in talking about the money, Usagi comes up with an idea that ultimately what he's going to do with Gen's help is try to pit these two underworld bosses together and defeat them both. Now this sounds strikingly similar to several movies that I have seen. Um, One or two Japanese uh, samurai era movies I've seen like this, but also kind of one that has um bruce willis in it uh set in the 20s uh mobster kind of movie uh i believe is what it reminds me of but we see that usagi goes to see boss meta and here again uh the word ronin is dropped in the conversation uh Something kind of that I've noticed is that uh, several words now are starting to be used without definition because they've been used and defined so much. And Ronan is getting to be one of those words that Mr. Sakai just drops it in conversation with the expectation that we have previously read and and seen his little uh, starred editorial definition of what that word means. Sometimes it'll be defined, sometimes not. In this book, it gets thrown out here so frequently that it's defined once and then the other, you know, 50 or 60 times we see the word. Of course, it's not because that came after he gave us the definition. So it's not kind of a one-off word. It starts being used more frequently. But Usagi is here at Boss Mehta's demanding to see the boss, and the doorman calls for help as Usagi pushes past him. And two, four, six, eight, ten thugs come up and they're going to beat down Usagi. But then Sano runs out and says that he recognizes Usagi, uh, takes Usagi to Mehta and tells Lord Mehta that, or boss Mehta that, hey, this is the guy I was telling you about. Uh, Cut off dude's hand for me and and rescued me. So, Usagi says he needs a job. Uh, Mehta says, okay, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And then Usagi pledges his sword to him in this one panel, bowing literally with the words, My sword is at your service, Boss Mehta. In the gambling den at the other end of town, we see Genosuke faced with two, four, five, six, seven, eight thugs here, as apparently he is attempting the same thing with what we will assume is Boss Joya's group, only there's nobody to speak for him, so he beats down these guys Uh, Boss Joya comes out and sees what he's done. Um, Looks like Gen, I don't know if he killed anybody or not. Doesn't look like he killed him here a couple panels later, so he must have beat them with the sheath sword, if he used a sword at all. But Joya's impressed with uh, Gen's prowess, and Maeda has heard about Usagi's prowess, so they both have gotten jobs now with the competing bosses. Here in Joyous Compound, though, we see a, a dude who sees what's going on and with a <laughs> he keeps laughing and running through town until he gets to Boss Mata's place. Now, this dude turns out to be a policeman of some sort. They refer to him as cop. And oddly enough, I'm pretty sure that the animal that he is is a rat. So it's a rat being a rat. As he brings word to Boss Mata, about the right boss meta. Yeah. About the uh, new Ronin that boss Joya has just hired. Sees what's going on with Usagi and he ultimately runs back to boss Joya and tells him about the Ronin that boss Meta has just hired. For uh, whatever reason, I guess this is part of the plan. I, I don't know why it's occurring now, but the Joya gang is going to attack the Maeda gang, but Genosuke says, nah, I'm, I'm not going to do this after all. I, I guess, nah, I, I quit. So he and boss Joya engage in some uh, quick negotiations, and the money that Genosuke is being paid suddenly goes up from... Uh, 20 Ryo to 500 Ryo as they dicker back and forth. Ultimately, the, the plans are kind of halted because Genesuke wants his money in advance and the boss says, well, I, I don't carry that much on me. And Gen tells him, well, go ahead and go get it and then we'll, we'll go and, and do this battle fight thing. So the final paddle, panel, excuse me, is Boss Joya fuming as he stomps back to his headquarters to get the money to pay Genesuke so they can continue with their battle. Cool thing here, the back inside cover of this book uh, shows the covers of several trade paperbacks, but also it has a black and white picture of a couple of the cold cast resin statues of Series 1, I believe, of the Usagi figures and a photograph of the Usagi Ojimbo wristwatch. All of these, we're told, are available at your local comics shop or bookstore. Uh, Darkhorse.com is the place it looks like you can start to get those products. So that's kind of cool. Again, the um, cover of the book is a gatefold of a kite festival and shows a bunch of people, so that was kind of cool. Looking back at our terms, we had Obeyo and Mon and Ronin and Ryo and Sensei, which I spoke of earlier. Uh, Also Sake, when both Usagi and Meida and Genosuke and Joya are negotiating, and when Gen and Usagi are in the inn before they hatch their plan. Um, all of those situations involve the consumption consumption of sake, which is a alcoholic drink derived from the fermentation of rice. It's a it's a rice wine. So let me think here a moment. I believe that's everything probably that I came to mind about the story. Nothing really sta- well. Nothing really stands out about the story. Like I said, it it's reminiscent of some other things that I have seen, which is kind of cool. Uh, something I noticed in this and. I don't know if I've really mentioned it before, but I I miss, as time goes on, the amount of time that Mr. Sakai spends on the backgrounds of his artwork. I understand between advancing age and just time limitations in general that a lot of artists move from being very... Uh, descriptive in their artwork to less and less artwork as time goes on both because of time but also because of ability and um, I really dig that in these early and and middling of career books um, something that we don't see quite as often in the current more recent um, Usagi though don't get me wrong is still Usagi the characters are still the characters when they are front of you. Uh, it's just the background, the amount of time and effort that is put into um, woods and, and villages and things like that, crowd scenes, you know, a lot of the the long time-taking detailed artwork has just over, over the years fallen to the wayside and is not as prevalent now in the artwork as it used to be. I, I kind of miss that. I, I like that about these older books. This one being 2000, being right at, what, 20 years ago, so... Uh, something I've noticed, something I miss. Alright guys, I believe that's everything for this episode. Um, things are warming up here in the backyard. Sounds like some insects. Maybe that's a katydid or cicada. Um, starting to come out in the tree, so if you can hear that, I apologize. Next up, for episode 142, I'll be talking about the Color Classics issue number 6 from IDW. And... Uh, So, that's what you have to look forward to next time. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal Production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 Unported License.